Welcome to the Bicycle Card Company Fan Club. We, you know, we talk about card colors, uh, patterns, and some wicked tricks that uh, uh, people are doing on the uh, YouTube. Um, today we have David Blaine um, uh, to uh, describe his experience with the new set, uh, Bicycle 435. Uh, Dave, how, how is, how's your experience uh, been? It's not actually me, David Blaine. It's Chris Angel, mother oh my. effers. What's that behind it, your Chris? ear? What? It's, yeah? it's a bat. I how ate did it. You, you're not even in the room with me. How? Virtually. Oh it's a virtual magic. Welcome to the magic podcast, everybody. It's me, David Blaine, Chris Angel. What's that behind your ear? It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, a crispy, delicious cider. Oh, we have completely changed podcast names. I love it. I love it. But all jokes aside, this is the Photography Brothers podcast where you can get your weekly dose of photography, videography, and idiocracy, plus anything that falls under that umbrella. Ella. Thank you, Rihanna. But we have a few uh, interesting things to talk about uh, for you creative creatures today. We're going to be looking at driving more focus in your images. And so we're stoked to talk about that. Um, but before we even think about it, before we even 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 get ourselves there, before we, we focus on focus, before we focus on focus, we need to focus in on Jared. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to focus on me for a second here. Uh, it's Michael's idea for the episode, so I've got the song, you know. We're going to share the burden on this one. And uh, this is a song uh, for the ladies, because there are some ladies, believe it or not, that listen to this podcast. All right, Michael, you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Oh, and by the way, I wanted to note before I jump into this, this is what this is going to be one of those where you're going to be really t tempted to uh, sing backing vocals on it. Oh, don't I, do I, it. I, I, I urge you not to. All right, here we go. You know we gonna get out and shoot some. know I got room on my SD for some photos. <laughs> okay, that's what All I got. All right. You got through it, bro. You yeah. Got, <laughs> you got through it. Jimi Hendrix that was not is, bad. That was pretty cool. Jimi Hendrix is quite the guitar player, man. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that was actually the... Not a lot of people know that, but that was the original... Uh, concept for this podcast was was mm. foxy photos we decided to go with photo bros the alliteration was a little bit better on that but yeah what do you think of, what do you think of uh jimmy hendrix michael uh he is someone that is in my blind spot but i do love the song watchtower which isn't even his song i think it was it's a bob cover. dylan song yeah yeah it's a cover but it's a uh, i love his version of it i gotta it, it made me want to listen in more 
It's interesting because you're you're more of the singer songwriter type. I thought you would be more into the Dylan. You know that might be more in your in a your lot of music, man. But, you know. <laughs> a lot of music out there. There's a lot of music out there. That's true. And there's a lot of uh, photographers out there. And you know we got to mm-hmm. help those photographers. And we mm-hmm. do that with a podcast called the Photography Brothers, not the uh, card magic trick david blaine uh <laughs> podcast or whatever that was neither of the two yeah uh yeah i want to talk about well we want to talk about michael wants to talk about and i also he convinced me that it's a good idea to talk about focus today a uh, couple of areas i guess that we can start off with uh you know, what does it mean to have focus in your photos? Like, why why are people so concerned about focus? Maybe that's uh, that's where we want to hmm. jump in. I'd say you're trying you're trying to amplify the focus of that image, right? If it's a product, maybe you're trying to, um, you know, paint this image that they're trying to get across to their audience, and then if it's just maybe a creative thing, you're trying to evoke an emotion. Or something yeah. like that. So you want to drive focus to to the main pillar there. Yeah, you. I think that's kind of the the first part of it is just like having photos that are in focus. I guess <laughs> that's like number one. No, like in general, <laughs> like driving. Him. That's why you want to yeah. do it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then kind of, I guess, like the second element, if you want to build on top of that, is like how to get creative with focus, right? So those are kind of, I guess, the two broad areas that we're going to touch on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to start with maybe some things that can affect your focus, uh, some factors that come into focus, you know, whether we're talking about just that like technical thing of getting that photo in focus, which obviously like clients and, you know, fans, whatever, <laughs> anyone who's critiquing you is going to be looking out for. But then, you know, also getting into that more creative side. Uh, yeah. What's some things as, you know, you have a a good amount of experience as a photographer, man. I really respect your photography skills and and what you've done. So, you know, what are some things that you found uh, can really bring a stronger focus to an image or, you know, lead to just, you know, more quality of focus in your images? What are some things that kind of have affected it for you? Like from a technical perspective? Sure. Yeah. Let's start with that. Maybe around like uh, cameras, you know, camera bodies and lenses and whatnot. We can start with that first. Yeah, um, for me, I found that a really good glass on a lens is really, really big. You get, you capture a lot more detail, and that in, in and of itself um, drives more focus. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I think like the quality of your glass and then the camera system that you're putting it on obviously can be important as well. But yeah. um, ultimately, how much detail, how clearly can you capture your subject, whether that's a product or a person? Yeah, some stuff uh, that you mentioned there, like obviously the quality of that lens, right? That's going to be, I think that's kind of one of the biggest factors, probably the first pe- the first place that people go, people talk about like the sharpness of a lens, right? For probably like my like first two years of being a photographer or whatever, I guess I wasn't really that much, dicking around with cameras. <laughs> I didn't really understand what people meant when they were like, oh, this and that lens is like more sharp. I was like, I don't know. And once yeah. you, it's once you start like, really getting into it you're shooting those raws and and bringing them in lightroom and doing more of a pixel peeping type of thing you know you start to notice like okay this isn't very sharp like the edges and and things aren't uh coming through the way that you want uh it's not just like the quality of the lens though like how much you spent on the lens it's also the condition of the lens and that's a big thing that people overlook right yeah that's when it gets into like maintaining your gear and stuff like that or being careful when you're buying gear like 
focus uh, is a really fine-tuned thing, right, in lenses, and it can be kind of it can get kind of knocked out of focus. So you want to look out for stuff like that. Right. Uh, just with like the size of your sensor as well. That's not to, you know, people always think of like the sharpness of the lens, but obviously just having, uh, like, um, uh, a lot of resolution, right? Like a lot of megapixels is something that's going to, uh, help you out with those, uh, with that sharpness in your image. Right. Yeah. Really, really good point. Um, and then to, just to add to that, keeping that sensor clean is going to be True, really important. Yeah. Keeping um, dust off if, it and shit. Yeah, exactly. You'll notice, like, especially if you're a newer photographer and maybe you're still in the hobby phase or um, in general, you're just a bit early in your career. Um, you might start to notice speckles in your, your camera and you're noticing, especially in video, that it's kind of just staying there as you shift around. That's because it's likely either your um your sensor that's dirty and you need to take that in and get it cleaned or you can clean it yourself but be incredibly careful with that there are videos that you can lean on and, and specific kits that you can purchase um maybe do that on your old uh slr before you try that on your new you know yeah your new a7 <laughs> or whatever <laughs> that mirror where you're literally straight up touching the sensor um the now i will let you know just a little tip it could also just be the back of your lens so that little um optic, that little piece of glass there sometimes if you yeah. clean that you'll find that you'll get rid of it but um you know sometimes things just get trapped you're obviously taking off a lens or a cap and thing there's there's particles in the air there's things there and you can easily get that there but obviously if you have speckles like that in your in your uh, on your sensor and coming through in your camera uh, camera's images then of course that's that might be a bit annoying because yeah. it's going to take away focus from your image unless you spend more time to to remove them yeah for sure there's also the just like how good your camera is at autofocus right and that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing because that uh the strengths of a camera's autofocus comes not just from the body but from like that lens as well kind of the combination yeah. there can be like focusing technology in each uh and there's like different methods of autofocus so you know buying an expensive camera is, is one way of ensuring that you're going to get that good autofocus. Uh, Sony has like the, I think now the, the new Canons have it too. Like even, you know, there was always face tracking autofocus, which was getting pretty good in cameras. You know, yeah. even my 6D Mark II shoots, uh, you know, can get, grab that face pretty easily. But now we're getting into things like focusing on eyes and certain yeah. things like that, like making Pets. sure, you know. Yeah, and like, yeah, that's the next level. Right? <laughs> if you can focus on human eyes and then animal eyes and things like that, so you know, being familiar with that, being familiar with the features of your of your camera, and knowing like, okay, when am I going to use manual focus? When am I going to use auto? And like, what type of auto is it? Continuous? Is it one shot? All these different things, right? Or something to look out for. Yeah, yeah, really good point. I, I, it's funny. Something you're talking about that and a, a strike, uh, a strike. Wow, uh, a thought struck my mind. It's, it's funny stro- how it like stroked when photo- you? it stroked my mind. Uh, <laughs> the thought really stroked it, and uh, the thought was like, it's funny how in photography, autofocus is all about accuracy. Yeah, where in video, accuracy is important, but speed mm. and mm-hmm. and like like smoothness yeah or or a bit more like if it's just barely out of focus like and i mean realistically like if you're punching into something close there's always going to be part of that thing that's a little out of focus so it's forgiveness 
Um, it's just funny to think about the fact that we have such completely different, almost like checks that we need to, 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 to get off when we're looking for a lens and thinking of mm-hmm. autofocus, mm-hmm. depending on if you're a filmmaker or a photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And There's so a little more leeway. That, I think right, when, exactly. yeah, when you're, fil- when you're doing the filmmaker thing, you get away with a bit more. Yeah. And from the same perspective, if your lens is older and, and, uh, it doesn't, focus very quickly or it hunts and it's or it's loud or whatever Mm -hmm. it might not be a big deal yeah when you're a photographer that's true that's a good point yeah the loudness i didn't really think about so i appreciate that bro um yeah that's kind of the next thing that i want to get into too like just you say and like your experience and how you're so aware of these different things down to you know what people might not think of with like a visual medium right but like yeah if that thing is loud and you're trying to record sound you know (laughs) Um, that, that the skill and, you know, the knowledge of the person who's there shooting. Right. And we've talked about this quite a bit in the past. Like you can spend as much money as you want. Like this is a big misconception, right? That just cause you spend eight grand or whatever, five grand, you know, dentist money on a, on a camera, it means that you're going to get those like perfectly sharp, uh, photos and whatnot. And it's, it's not yeah. true. Like, um, it's down to technique and I've, you know, through my developments with photography, I've gotten better at that. It is kind of like firing a gun, right? Where it's like that level of, you know, if you're standing there holding your camera, it's actually down to how you're holding it, like hold it closer to your body that people have told me as well. And, uh, you know, get like really rigid and then even down to your breathing, like you want to like a sniper exhale. And then once you exhale, that's when you're your steadiest. At least that's, that's kind of what I've been told and what I found. So that's something interesting. Yeah. My buddy, uh, you never really thought about that. eh? My buddy Pavel, who's uh, a very experienced photographer. One day we might have to have him on the pod. I've actually invited him on. Um, he was one of, uh, the people who really first got me into photography, but he shared some wisdom with me when I was first shooting. Once I first got my, uh, T five I there, he, he told me that, you know, if you're shooting without a tripod, you're the tripod, right? So like try (laughs) to be more tripody, like, you know, maybe you can't grow that third leg, but (laughs) like lock it. Maybe Michael can. I don't know. Maybe that's his secret. But um, anyways, <laughs> but yeah, being as as sturdy and locked in, almost like you're about to do a squat or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. engage your core and stuff like that. So yeah, I just thought that was uh, an interesting point. And uh, shout out to Pavel. Yeah, shout out, shout out. We yeah, we got to have him on. I really like that point. Yeah, I mean, you're you're ultimately just trying to stay as steady as possible so that there's no movement you're not getting any sort of motion blur or anything like that and uh just to to wrap up the point i had before too because i i feel like i didn't finish it right mm. i didn't i didn't get the point in but it's like especially if you're a photographer who dabbles in both and i i i just wanted to say this because i know that a lot of us do yeah. um if you do or are doing that like that is going to take away from the focus of your videos if you're hunting in, in your focus, if it's jittering, if it's not, of course, accurate, but if it's loud and, and, um, you know, now the audio is unusable. Um, mm. so yeah, th- if you are, if you dabble with both, um, definitely pay attention to the different senses or, or aspects to that, yeah. uh, art form that you might need to, uh, remove or edit or whatever later. 
Yeah, dude, it's such a good point. And it's just something that's going to come with experience at the end of the day. Like, to be frank, you're probably going to have to F that up once or twice. Like, before you learn, like, okay, next time I'm going to not use that focus motor. Next time I'm going to pop into manual. That's been one for me for sure. Not that, like, the video was ruined, but I was like, I could have done that better if I just manually focused that. And it was in a moment of, like, oh, you know, let me rely on that autofocus. And... Some situations, yeah. Some situations you have to, and some situations it's perfect, and you you learn with experience, like what is the the better thing to do. So that's actually um, leads in well to what I want to talk about next, which is kind of like manual versus autofocus. And you know, what mm-hmm. what is your do, are you are you down for that? Do you want to get or is there do you have something else? I love that uh, kind of here. Yeah, okay, we can totally sweet. do that. Um, so you know, what do you prefer, man? Do you like? Do you like to shoot manual or, or I guess I, I kind of gave it away already. I was like, it depends on the situation, but like, what's kind of your take? So, okay. So I use both is my yeah. answer, but I would say it's pro honestly, probably like 80, 20 autofocus. Yeah. Um, when I'm doing a photo and we're going to talk about, uh, obviously some of these tactics uh, shortly, but like when you're playing with foreground blur, and you're shooting through things. Yeah. That's a really tough thing to nail sometimes. Yeah. So manual focus is just so much easier to just get there, mm-hmm. figure out where that is and get it. Um, auto is going to f- hunt on you. Some, sometimes. Yeah, dude. Like it's Ex- just those scenarios where you you're, just need you're exactly right. right. Like most of the time, like most scenarios, if you're shooting uh, even, you know, a quick lifestyle shoot or something like that, you put that up. your camera up you put it on face tracking focus like those photos are going to be nailed right it's more when you're yeah like you were saying when you're looking for something really specific and let's say maybe even you're like doing like a layered shot and you know you have something in the foreground and something in the background and you know we'll get into this more when we get into like the more creative stuff and kind of using the the tricks of focus but that is definitely a situation where i'm like okay now I need to grab that manual focus and really be pulling focus myself because I it's when you want something really specific. You want you want to draw focus to a specific thing. That's sometimes when you're gonna have to use manual if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I love that. the The only other one that I might add is um, sometimes depending on the event, um, if there's a lot of bodies involved. And, and you're struggling to get the right person in frame when you're shooting mm-hmm. from a little mm-hmm. bit of a distance, right? You're an yeah. outsider shooting in. And um, yeah, it, you might struggle uh, with with uh, grabbing that photo. Um, so maybe, you know, if, if the target isn't moving around too much, it's not like a breakdance battle or something like that, then uh, you could potentially get the the manual to help you out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if you are going to shoot manual, which I, I do recommend, as I said, I am a fan of this for, for certain situations. Um, here's a, here's a tip. So actually a story and a tip. So one of the gigs that I do like an ongoing client of mine is uh scary hospitality. So we do, uh, like food and beverage, uh, photography, videography for them. And with my second shooter, Tristan, uh, he actually has the same camera as me. So we get like nice match shots, but 
Uh, essentially, we we're kind of trying to do something a bit complicated. Uh, we were trying to like shoot a cooking demo and also shoot photos of the food at the same time. So we were kind of cooking the food with cameras over there, shooting the video element, and then like running the food over to a table and shooting it. And then Tristan's yeah. trying to take the the photos, and you know, with that auto, it like wasn't. We're trying to shoot with like a really open aperture and get you know nice blurred background, uh, you know, right. all of that type of thing going on, and he did, couldn't quite nail the focus. And then I just like grabbed his camera and I hit one button that changed his life, bro. And that's, that's that magnifying glass button. Right. Mm. I find that. So when you're shoot when you have to manually focus, number one, throw that camera on a tripod. That's a, a big, uh, big plus, big tip, and then zoom in. And then you can actually see your textures, like zoom in on something textured that you want to nail and then let that be your guide, right? Of like getting super, super close. And you can do this with like people's faces and stuff like that if you really want. But I find, yeah, for like something like product photography or, or food photography, especially, you know, oddly enough, like when you don't have a lot of time to screw around, <laughs> when you're just like need a method that that works, it's it, and it is, you know, I guess it's a little bit more work to focus it. But that was something that uh, was really helping us out. And after ever since I showed him that he's like, Oh, thanks, man. And I know he I, I hope he still listens to this podcast. I know he does. He mentions it sometimes. Maybe if I like really F up a song, he'll tell me like, bro, you didn't nail that song. I'd be like, bro, I know. <laughs> um. So really, really good tip there. Um, I love the idea of focusing in, really understanding the textures that you're getting in focus, mm-hmm. um, the detail there. But I think the uh, one thing that's really good for you guys to know, there are some camera systems that have settings enabled. Um, I think Sony has this. When you're changing the selective focus point, it, it zooms in with you for a few oh. seconds. So as you keep shifting around... Um, it's going to automatically just stay in there and help you find that texture. Like Jared's saying, I'm not going to confirm which camera systems have it. I don't remember exactly, but I know it's a thing. I know it's a thing. You are the man. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a very good feature. It does happen on certain Sony cameras for sure. I've experienced it and it's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Sick. Yeah. Um, another thing that some cameras do, I think Sony's have this. I know that there, if you like hack your Canon, you can make it do this too. Cause my buddy had like a hacked T3 that did this magic lantern um, or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Green lantern uh, powers when you, um, where you can actually have like a texture map that shows up or it'll like show you with patterns, like lines will show up on stuff that's in focus or whatever right? It'll actually show you like this is in focus and that's not in focus. So that's one thing that can help. And uh, yeah, just something that you reminded me of. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Other things that you can do is obviously like check your edges. I think that's like the biggest Mm. um, thing that you start to learn after a while, like kind of goes hand in hand with the next one, which is like adjusting your aperture, right? But like to me, you know, you'll go for that bokeh, like that blurred out background, and then you won't have edges and focus. That's always something that to me, like kind of separates like a really good photographer from someone who's like someone who just knows, oh, I'll open up that aperture, right? Is like, yes, the background, you know, and you've got like that nice uh, effect in the background of like the the shallow depth of field type of look. Um, but then your, your actual edges are blurry and I'm like, oh, okay. So that's one thing, you know, and uh, obviously narrowing that aperture is just going to give you a better chance of having everything in focus 
That's why some yeah. people swear by that F7, you know, like you're just, <laughs> especially for, for video. But uh, when you want to get a certain look, like that's just not going to cut it. You know, I shoot portraits at like F3, F4, stuff like that, you know, maybe even a little bit wider sometimes. So yeah, yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah. Got to kind of like almost realign your priorities, I guess, as you're, as you're taking that image. Like, I understand sometimes you want to punch in real close, but, um, yeah, when you're, when, when you're a bit further back, you're taking a portrait or something like that. You, you do got to pay attention to those, to those, um, those edges there, especially when it's like a product photo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally, like I know you would use a tactic sort of like Jared has a really good tactic for like stacking, uh, focuses. Mm -hmm. and and keeping things really sharp so ideally you want to do it like that but you want the image to be as sharp as possible yeah so. focus stacking is a pain in the ass too if you don't have to do it i honestly wouldn't recommend it but you can do it i, I like yeah. doing hdr that's more my thing like um exposure stacking over focus stacking but i've done i've done both both can be done uh, I did want to mention as well that, you know, switching, uh, kind of talked about this earlier, but switching between manual and auto um, is a good practice, uh, especially like in between shots and especially for video, right? Like usually when I'm making a video, especially if it's one that's more of like a kind of narrative thing, uh, like I did a video recently for my client, Paul, uh, Paul Haley, check him out. Think real estate, uh, plug on great uh, channel. YouTube. Yeah. Great channel. Um, I was doing more of a narrative video for him and we had it like, uh, not that we like really scripted it out, but kind of on the day, like I was trying to quickly script it in my head and it was like breaking it down to shots. And then, you know, certain shots I was like, okay, this is an autofocus shot. Whereas this is a, a manual focus shot and some cameras will actually allow you to seamlessly switch between them in the middle of a shot that's really cool uh something that's something that the we actually spotlighted a few months one of our most uh played episodes the uh ronin 4d does this really well with the lidar system and the ability to you know that's one thing that people really love about it um about that camera is just the fact that you can switch very seamlessly of like okay it's autofocus it's tracking the subject oh now i need to do something different without even like turning on and off your recording boom you're like switching between them so yeah just kind of the next uh the next level of tech uh, where things are going that camera costs like ten thousand dollars though so <laughs> oh, that's unreal wow yeah yeah, yeah. I love that functionality yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty dope. Um, this is actually some stuff that you might know a little bit uh, better than me. We're going to get into creative stuff here pretty soon. And that's going to be uh, where Michael is going to grow his wings and soar because he did a lot more work on the creative stuff. I don't know why. I just like I guess I just like researching stuff. But uh, yeah. Do you know a lot about like the different modes like zone and um we kind of talked about that, right? We talked about like face and eye focus. Mostly, I guess we just talk about like single shot versus continuous. I think that's the more important part, right? Do you understand how that works really? Or do you like use those appropriately, do you think? or Single shot versus continuous? Yeah. For, for oh, focusing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want yeah. to get into that a bit? Yeah. I mean, continuous is great when it's a moving subject. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's that's ultimately why I, I mean, my, my 5D Mark II broke, but... I mean, yeah. I was going to swap it because I did not get continuous autofocus. So, mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, yeah. I mean, that's the big differentiator is with continuous. It's just going to constantly shift around and stay in focus for you. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, like we were yeah. saying with, uh, you know, shooting a portrait or something, you know, that single shot uh, is going to work fine. Also, if you're doing like landscape, that'll be fine. It's yeah. When you're doing sport or wildlife photography or like a dog or a kid or something like that, that's moving around a lot <laughs> <laughs> or like someone who's running towards you, uh, you know, maybe it's like you're playing a game of ultimate camera Frisbee where you play ultimate Frisbee, but you only have one arm because the other one's holding a camera. And you want to get <laughs> photos of that person running towards you to tackle you? Or does that happen in Ultimate Frisbee? I don't know. What would it be? I don't think there's, what, yeah, actually there is, isn't there? I don't know. Uh, that would be like more intense. Like it's already called yeah. Ultimate though. So how do you make it? It'd be like, uh, I don't know. Ultimate incredible. Warrior Frisbee. <laughs> warrior Frisbee. <laughs> I like Michael has coined that actually. That would have been a good improv too as well, you know? I, uh, yeah, the, the I'll, ultimate I'll frisbee up. podcast. That's one one for the future. Just I'm not Huge trying to tell you. Episode. I'm I'm not trying to yeah. tell you how to do your job, Michael. But that might be one okay. uh, for the future. Uh, I also want to mention here, and then we will get into the creative stuff, guys. Here we're at uh, 30 minutes in. I want to give Michael a lot of time for to get creative. Um, I just wanted to note, and this probably won't surprise anybody, the cameras with the best autofocus, uh, just like the most updated tech. We've talked, obviously, about uh, the uh, Ronin 4D, but uh, mm-hmm. there's Michael's precious Sony, uh, the A7R4 pro-level camera. It's a nice camera. It's got good autofocus. Uh, the Canon R6 and R5, pretty legendary for good autofocus. Uh, trying to keep up with Sony, I guess. You know, Sony is... Uh, it's going pretty hard these days. No one cares about the PlayStation anymore, so they might as well worry about cameras mostly. And then, uh, you know, the Nikon. We'll, I want to give Nikon a mention here. Uh, Z7 and Z6 are, again, it's not going to surprise anybody. These expensive cameras that cost, you know, four or $5,000, they can, they can autofocus well. Uh, creative time, Michael. Let's get into the creative stuff. Uh, what is um, what are some tips around uh, using focus in a creative way? Let's let's talk about that. What, what's up first? Yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing uh, that you can do. Ultimately, these are going to be tactics for separating your subject, whether that's an object or a person, uh, from a, the background and making them stick out. Ultimately. Uh, literally driving focus to that uh, focus there. Um, so contrasting wardrobe is always going to be um, a really good approach there. Um, so you'll often see images on Instagram. We all flip through. We see, you know, somebody standing really far away, like near a mountain or on top of a hill or something. And they're wearing like a red jacket to really bounce mm. off the blues of the mountain and stuff like mm. that. Nice. Sometimes it's yellow. And um, yeah, and so it, that's just one specific example, obviously. But yeah, you know, you can obviously use beautiful colors or sometimes a lack of color to to um, almost like silhouette you in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. And so obviously silhouetting is something that you can do as well when you kind of inverse that and make color almost the background or or the, the light yeah. source really just putting that behind. Yeah, that's cool, man. That ties in really well with our our episode on color, like using those together, like tying it all in. Ultimately, you know, you want to drive that focus to the subject, as you're saying, and kind of the different methods of doing that all in tandem, right? Like you have contrast, as you said, uh, you have like focus and also like uh, just different colors that um, kind of complement or contrast each other. It's super interesting, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a lot of fun when you start to be a lot more intentional with like colors and stuff. It's like, it's, it's so, it's, it's a blast guys. 
start playing around with your colors and, and be intentional with them. Um, but another thing that you can do is uh, play around with the different framing conventions that you use in frame. Um, so obviously something we've talked about a lot. Um, we also talked about this with our good friend Bro uh, Broderick on our episode is Brody, foreground blur. Shout out to Brody. Brody. <laughs> um, he's got, uh, he uses foreground blur a lot. Um, and so sometimes that foreground blur is like forced, like you get a leaf or something that you have around you and you put it in front mm -hmm. of the camera to create that uh, uh, limited visibility um, while also adding a bit of color. And that's usually how we we, we speak, it, speak to it, but it obviously mm -hmm. can drive focus by eliminating visibility. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, na sometimes it's natural as well, right? You just literally have... Uh, like an, a building or a sign or, or something Post. that's just there. Yeah, it can be anything. Um, leading lines, um, you know, shooting in and out of an egg, uh, entry or exit point, like a like out of a cave or a door. Um, and then the last thing on framing conventions um, is some people also use prisms, actually, to mm, cool. eliminate visibility and, and create an interesting, um, interesting, but just straight up, like this is the only thing that really matters. And sometimes you get some cool colors and stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, it does something similar. Yeah, to me, one of the coolest things that, like, you can do, you know, by controlling focus, like, I think a lot of what you were just talking about <laughs> kind of overlaps with this as well, uh, or maybe just two different ways of talking about the same thing, but, like, creating depth in your images, right? Like, yeah. when you... It's one of those things that people will see an image and they'll be like, I really like this. This is a, like a, a pro photographer shot this, right? They yeah. might not be able to express like why someone like you and I who obsess about this, we can look at like uh, a photo with like, you know, a lot of layers of depth and be like, Oh, we like this because they have like foreground and background blur and we'll be able to describe it like that. Other people, mm -hmm. it's not going to be that tangible, but it'll, it'll give it that like, you know, mm, that something special. That, uh, that special sauce that really makes it the difference between um, that secret uh, photographer sauce that, you oh. know, makes makes the difference. Delicious stuff. Um, rivals uh, Big Mac sauce, to be honest with you. It, it's right up there. <laughs> uh, right up there. But yeah, that's but, that's what's going to set you apart, right? Creating, uh, and I, I, obviously if you can get like three different levels, like you were saying, having going through a doorway where, you know, you have like the subject, you have the doorway, and then you have like what's behind that and maybe what's behind that, right? Even more levels of depth oh, to yeah. the photo and and more to, because that's just something that's coming through to me as well. Like, you know, we talk about kind of the difference between video and photo. Uh, you have a lot more time to critique a photo, right? Like when someone's looking at a photo. So yeah, you 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 kind of need to pack more shit in there to <laughs> keep it interesting, right? That's almost. Um, and I kind of just thought of that just as we were doing this. Uh, that's that's why I love doing this podcast with you, man. It, like I, I can have these own thoughts in my own head all the time, but saying it out loud and hearing your side of it, it's uh, it's a whole different thing. So I agree, hundred percent. This is, we, we've said it a million times. This is like a one-on-one -on -one workshop with each other where we just share like our personal insights or like research and we're like, holy shit. Wow, Jared, that was, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, Even yeah. just the way that sometimes we prepare for shows yeah. is completely different. And, and mm -hmm. it, watch 150 when, when Hugh Jackman's on the show and, uh, you know, we, we, <laughs> hopefully he sticks around for the whole segment but yeah, I'm telling you, we, we are going to have probably like the same approach because we've bled into each other's 
uh, uh, tactics and stuff like that. And it's going to be, the show just continues to evolve and get better. And I love it. Um, but uh, yeah, to, to your point, Jared. Yeah. Yes, like sir. that depth depth is just once you play with depth folks, it's just that, that is like another key piece to being a pro f- photographer um, is, is, you know, when you have those cameras, that's, that's one of the, the advantages that you can exercise and, um, yeah, like, especially when you're full frame, if, if you can really get some sharp images and some beautiful bokeh in the back, um, just in general depth with foreground background. Um, yeah, great point. Great point. Yeah. Bokeh is kind of like the obvious one, right? I think that's what like most people will, will immediately think of. They'll be like, oh yeah. yeah." Whether they know how to say it, bokeh, bokeh, uh, boko. However you want it. Who knows? That's kind of the way yeah. Who cares, bro? However you, however you bouquet. like it, <laughs> bouquet. <laughs> however you like it is 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 fine with us. But um, the more, I think the more creative, maybe the next level of that, right? Of considering that bouquet is like, how are you scouting your locations, right? And are you going like at the right time of day and things like that, right? Like that's something that I'm always keeping my eye out for around Toronto is like are good places in Toronto to shoot and like, I'm not going to yeah. give them away, but you know, there's some good stuff on, on King Street West uh, in terms of like getting what you really want is like small, bright sources of light, right? For that like little effect where you have all these little light sources that are all blurred out. Like people see that that's a wow factor in photos, right? So, you know, we can say easy shit, you know, open up that aperture, you're going to get that bokeh, right? But maybe not necessarily, right? If you're not looking out for the right lights and probably the best thing is finding like some Christmas lights or just like little light bulbs and stuff like that. And then, you know, then it comes down to how you're angling your photo. And like I said, what time you're showing up and, and everything like that. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to, uh, to bring up that it's not necessarily so obvious as just like, you know, open aperture means, oh, great photo, lot, lot beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> right more to it uh and yeah, then I think that's I, how it starts yeah. right for most people yeah. it's just I, yeah. I did want to talk a little bit about motion blur too i mean this is kind of yeah. a separate ish thing um but it is yeah it's still blur right so it's still focus in a way uh like mm-hmm. the creative ways of using that and that's one of the most fun things about like when that was like a big a big uh breakthrough for me in terms of like that thing when you start shooting in manual and then you really it really clicks for you um, being able to do like long exposure uh, yeah. photography with like light trails and crap like that and, you know, motion blur, uh, definitely something that's cool and a really creative use of, of focus, I guess, in a way, right? Yeah, man, uh, you <laughs> you were talking about it and then light trails came into mind and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like this, you you said everything that was, uh, I was thinking. It, it's, um, it's, 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 it's something that I don't think I personally play in enough with yeah. um, is, is like, and that's, you know, that's like, that's again, another reason I love having these conversations is like when we're talking about this specifically driving focus in your images, I know light trails is a, is a tactic. I know it's important to drive focus in your images, but it doesn't often cross my mind to do something as creative as that to drive yeah. focus in my image. But why not? Mm. We know how to do it. It's not yeah. realistically that hard. Yeah, yeah bro. Um, you can use those but, light yeah. trails. You create your own leading lines, right? Like you're not just yeah. relying on the leading lines that are there. Like that streetcar is going to make you leading lines or something. So yeah, you can really uh, tie a lot of this stuff together. I did want to say as well for 
for video, there's different cool tricks that you can do with focus. Obviously, a very popular one is like rack focus, where something's not in focus, and then you're pulling that focus as you're filming, right, and getting it into focus. That's a really cool shot that you'll see a very cinematic shot. Um, and one that I love as well, this is used all the time in like Mr. Robot and stuff like that. If you start paying attention, you'll notice the like walk into focus. So basically mm -hmm. where they'll focus on an area of a subject that's not in focus and then the person walks in and then all of a sudden they're in focus that can create like a really cool effect. And it's a cool reveal too, right? If you're like doing some type of narrative thing and you know, someone's in the background and then they come up, <gasps> it's Michael's dad. He's here. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. To Michael's us. dad. <laughs> yeah, Michael's dad. He's delivering us some double doubles. Hey. Right? I thought it was because totally he. Right. Yeah, we'd like that would be like you know if uh, if anybody any Hollywood producers are listening to us uh, right now, that would be like if we wanted to do kind of a. Uh, a, a true crime series with me and Michael where like we get abducted mm. and then we think like, you know, we're in like this wake up in this scary basement. There's a bunch mm. of like big meat hooks and stuff for like, uh Oh, and then it's just Michael's dad and he's just preparing steaks and he's got us some right. double doubles. Right. That's kind of anyways. Um, <laughs> double doubles still made it into the equation. I love yeah. it. <laughs> steaks, steaks, <laughs> the true Canadian meal. <laughs> <laughs> of steaks and double doubles steaks and double doubles sometimes we pour our double doubles on a steak Ooh, there you go dude Ooh, i was gonna say that that's the official <laughs> photography hey, coffee brothers, crusted so. steaks are dude, don't you No, it's not no it isn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be but it shouldn't um anyways yeah i think we're, we're pretty much at the end there there's just i'll lightning round through a few more because I do sure, have like, quite yeah. a few here, but I'll make them All right. quick. I'll, I'll do a I'll do a lightning round sound effect for you. Okay, so you cue it up. Be like, "This oh, is the lightning no. round," and I'll do this. Okay, sound okay, right. okay. Ready? This is the lightning round. That was so good. Using okay, so as a lifestyle photographer, this is something that I get to do uh, not as much. Uh, recently, but you know, when I was shooting a lot of lifestyle uh, photos pre-pandemic, um, is using the supporting cast, like your supporting models, oh. to also drive directions. So, yeah. for example, if it's you know, if we're shooting on a couch, maybe someone's uh, holding a product in their hand, having um, you know a symmetrical amount of people on either side, knees pointing inwards towards hmm, the center nice. focus, right? Um, you can use obviously again wardrobe to differentiate the, the 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 create separation between the the subjects that are kind of co-hosting that screen there that that frame with them. Um, another thing here is expression. So sometimes just uh, having expression in in your image can obviously paired up with a really good sharp crisp photo can really stand out and sit on an image. Hell yeah, man. Uh, um, Another one here, props. Uh, Dasha Piers is an incredible photographer. Um, blessed to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're friends now. I'm going to say, hopefully, Dasha, I'm, I mean, I'm, I hope I'm not pushing. I hope I'm not pushing. I hope we're friends. Uh, but she is an incredibly talented photographer, and she often uses props in her, in her photos um, to not only drive focus, but also for storytelling purposes, which is in a sense, also helps to drive focus to what you're trying to amplify in that image. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, one thing that you guys may have noticed a lot in Chris Howe's videos, if you're a, if you're local, you definitely know uh, who that guy is. If you're a bit further out, think kind of like uh, 
Um, he's, I don't want to say it's similar content to, to Peter McKinnon. You think he's doing his own thing, of course, but, um, you know, creating tips and tricks uh, around your business and, and stuff like that. Anyways, one tactic that he's started to use is uh, drawing on screen and creating hmm. some really cool uh, animations. And um, we'll, maybe what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll create a, a file that you folks can, can download if you want to take a look at some of these examples. But yeah, you can use um, on-screen illustration to, to create focus as well. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And then the only, the last thing, uh, the last, okay, there's literally two more things. I'm no, I love it, there. dude. I love it. <laughs> Hair and makeup uh, is another thing. Um, obviously, I just referenced Dasha Pierce, but this is another thing that she does really, really well. This is also something that I've played around with quite a bit. Um, I thought you were going to say this I, is also something that I do really well, and I was going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I definitely don't do the makeup or hair, or hair but uh, it, it's nice. Like, I had a project called In My Head. Um, it was a bit more fan- fantastical. It was a bit more in its okay. own realm, and so I wanted to obviously amplify that um, and also drive focus to the main subject of the images. And sometimes the shots are wider, um, there's a lot going on around when they're shooting in a forest or in a city. So you need to be able to drive focus. And so having interesting makeup marks on the face, a really unique mm. uh, set of hair, um, that can be really different. Um, and then the final, final point is kind of a really obvious one, but your backgrounds. Like yeah. what, what is yeah. your background, right? Like um, I've played around with smoke grenades in that in my head project as a background. You can add some really interesting colors, sometimes a culmination of multiple. Right, right, uh, right. St- right. Studio backdrops. You can you can select out your subject and put them wherever you want. Um, but uh, yes, ultimately, it's, it's, it's literally yeah. just changing an angle, right? Like, oh, there's a crappy background here. I'll move over here, change that angle. 100%. And there's another thing, too, yeah. that like definitely has been something that I've learned. Uh, again, just trial and error in photography. Uh, a crappy yeah. background blurred out is still a crappy background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is that, so true. Like that's not going to save you, right? So you still have to be very careful uh, with selecting your backgrounds, and that's an interesting thing too. I mean, this is off topic, so I don't know why I'm bringing it up, but no, no. it's a it's a big thing in VFX as well. Um, what will give something away as being like, oh, that looks like CGI, it doesn't look real, is when uh, an element in the background is literally constructed as a blurry element. The way that they actually do it, if it's high quality CGI, is they'll literally build it out like as a textured element and then blur it so it actually looks real. Wow. So that's yeah, something interesting to think about that, like uh, just how how aware our minds are, right? Of and how able we are to uh, to detect that type of stuff. So it's kind of you know always up to photographers and videographers to be always thinking about that, right? Always thinking about how we're presenting things visually wow really really good point and and a really good mainstream example of that yeah. is the mandalorian so. oh um, yeah yeah the mandalorian is completely shot in front of a screen yeah it's like this 360 screen right. so i mean they're yeah they're they're artificially creating these worlds and so they're creating depth and they're doing all these things to obviously amplify what's in front of it but it's really really um really obviously a great show and you can't tell so it's pretty impressive eh, to see yeah, where man. we've gotten with, uh, again, with technology. And that's kind of how we started the podcast. And I guess how yeah. we can kind of cap it off is, yeah, technology is making it easier for us to do it. And it's just about understanding the different t- tactics and, and avenues to yeah. do, utilizing but, it. 
technology is making it easier to do it, but the thing that you want to do, it still comes back to that creative thing, right? It's like you want to get, and we'll maybe do a whole, like, I actually love that you brought this up and, you know, we could, we could probably make, I literally could talk about this for another hour right now. So maybe that, maybe we'll do that. (laughs) Do you want to? No, I'm just kidding. We'll make another episode Um, (laughs) around creating meaning in your photos, right? Like that's such an interesting thing that, that, uh, that you've brought up here is like, that's another part of you know what makes a photo great is like oh what does this photo mean right like what can i you, you know could, a truly great photo maybe is one that you could like write a book about right like just about the yeah. meaning of the photo so that's uh definitely something to think about something to walk away from this with uh something else you can walk away from this with is mm-hmm. uh michael do you want to do a uh, drum roll i mean i guess that it's probably not worth it we already mentioned that we're doing this there's gonna be a twitch stream <laughs> I was so excited to do a drum roll, Jared. I know. Do you want to do it anyways? No. Okay. You can do it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be a drummer in your band. I understand. Uh, you can. Uh, I don't know. Mark. Mark might have something to say about that. Uh, February <laughs> the sixth at four p.m. We will be live on Twitch. I'll be reminding you guys over on the Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, please check us out if you don't want to miss it. Uh, we, we've got like a real thing going on here, twitch.tv slash Jared and Michael. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to be talking about Moonfall, the new film. Uh, I think we might be able to see it in the theater. I hope so. That would be awesome. So That'd be amazing. We'll see what's up. Uh, yeah, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, kind of a new thing for us and something we're excited to try. Yep. Catch us there at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That is what we're working with right now. I didn't mention and, uh, Eastern time. Yes, Eastern yeah. time. Yeah. Are we going to have PM. another podcast before then? We do. I think maybe. we do, but they won't hear it. No. Yet. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, so if you aren't already, um, follow us on one of our social media platforms. I'd say Instagram yeah. is probably yeah. the easiest. Yeah. Um, if anything changes, we'll, we'll do some Instagram stories. Um, but for now, I think what we're playing around with is, is uh, 4 p.m. Yeah. Uh, EST. Uh, also, EST. you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can mm-hmm. rate and review the podcast. Uh, more importantly than any of that stuff, just tell your friends uh, about the podcast, whether they like photography or not. Just lie to them. Tell them it's about something else. 